Travis asked me to just share some scripture with you guys this evening as the Lord led. And so what happened was the Lord led a lot more than just sharing some scripture. <laughs> um, that's the way things go sometimes. So I got a, like four or five little different things here that we're going to try to sort of weave together. And I believe it does actually come together. Some things I wanted to share with you, if you will. Um, first, I want to tell you a little bit more about myself, probably more than you want to know, okay? Um, back in the 90s, like in the ancient days, there was this test that was going around, and it's still used as far as I know. It's called the Myers-Briggs indicator personality thing okay and uh, we took that as part of a, a church group and the purpose was to try to help couples it was in a couples retreat try to get couples to understand why on earth things happen that happen you know what I mean if you're a couple so um, we took this thing and my it's a four-letter thing it's four different things and mine is easy for me to remember because the initials are ISTJ. I is TJ, Tim Johnson. I is TJ. And so those four letters stand for introverted, very, sensing, thinking, and judging. So you, you answer all these questions, and it comes out through this process with a number for you on a scale. And most of the time, you have two opposite letters. So like for judging, the other one is, I think, perceiving. Yeah. So judging and perceiving, there's a scale in between. And most people come out somewhere in the middle, leaning toward one side or the other. Well, on mine, all four of them was like, boom, all the way. So introverted, sensing, thinking, and judging. Well, that explains a lot about me. Okay? And... I, I don't really ever think much about that, but it's just part of what I felt like the Lord was telling to share with you is leading up to sort of combining this whole thing together. Um, so that's one aspect. Two weeks ago, we had the opportunity to go down to Florida to visit my oldest son. And uh, St. Augustine, Florida. We got down there, and we don't very often get to go to church with them Our Schedules don't necessarily usually work out that way, but we did. And so just to tell you a little bit about this church, they started in a, I think in a coffee shop someplace actually, and it has just gradually grown and grown and it's, it's actually quite large now. They just built a new, uh, renovated a new building and, and it's, they've only been open literally about three weeks in this new place. So we're going in there and we drive in and the place is swarming with people, volunteers with their color-coded vests, and you go inside and there's the, the coffee bar and just sort of what has sort of become very common these days in this kind of thing. And went in and we sat down and almost sort of like a theater-type setting is how they had renovated it. And so they started, and you know, they've got the big overhead lights and the projector and the screen and all this stuff. And I'm just trying to describe it for you so you get a sense of what's going on. And the, the praise band comes out, two guitars, drums, bass, uh, four singers, and 
pretty standard kind of stuff. And man, they were really good. And they started into worship. And I found myself about four or five minutes into it, just feeling grieved in my spirit. And I tried to figure out why. What, what's, what's the deal? And all of a sudden, I, I felt the Lord saying, what's the deal? What's your problem? <laughs> because they're praising me. Listen to what's going on. Enter into worship. And quit being so judgmental. Um, so what I've described to you in that setting is so different than what we do here and I'm comfortable with what we do here right there's a reason well there's many reasons that I'm in this body and one of them is the fact that this is where I'm more comfortable I know how to do all the praise man stuff and I'm not trying to belittle that at all I appreciate that but it was just something that just sort of struck me out of left field. I didn't expect to have that kind of feeling. And so the Lord gave me an attitude adjustment. And the rest of the service was blessing. Nothing was inappropriate. It was just different. Okay? And... So, as part of this, and sort of processing this over the last couple of weeks, I also came back and remembered a book that I would actually sort of recommend to you. It's Transported by the Lion of Judah is the title of the book. The lady's name is Ann Elmer. And I'm just going to give you just a really very brief synopsis of the book. It's actually a fairly short book, too. Um, but basically, this lady was very sick and in a hospital room. And she literally says, I don't know that I was physically taken to these places or if this was a dream because she was you know, like on medication and so forth. So she really didn't know. But basically this, the story is that she was transported by the line of Judah to a bunch of different locations. And these were all churches of all different kinds. Some that we would probably classify as dead some very vibrant, and just all different kinds of things. And, and basically the story is how the Lion of Judah responded in each of those places. And, and she would say, well, surely, I mean, one of them was almost like a monastery kind of thing, which was, you would assume would be sort of lifeless and, you know, just medieval and, you know, what's here, Lord? And it was just the opposite. The Lord was over it and breathing hard and, and, and just excited about what's going on. And this was the case in almost every place they went, even though they were so different. So the point is, we don't, we have to be careful. And this goes back to what Chris was saying a couple weeks ago. We have to be careful that we're not judgmental and in the process tear down the body of Christ. We don't know intimately what's going on. We don't know what the Lord is doing in their midst. And for us to make those kind of judgments is inappropriate 
and actually can become detrimental, actually, to both them and us. So we don't judge them. And then we got a sort of a jarring reminder of this very thing in our presence here just a few minutes ago. Because we're singing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Boom, 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 boom. It was jarring, right? Okay? And I, so I, at first I sort of chuckled to myself, but then I felt like the Lord was saying, well, am I welcome or not? What do I look like? Are you going to tell me what I look like? We need to make care, be sure that we're not closing out the Holy Spirit. Because I have my opinion, a lot of times it looks like things we don't expect because we don't know it all. We have to discern those spirits, certainly. Okay, I'm not saying just carte blanche, anything goes. I'm not saying that. But I also think there is a danger that sometimes we probably block things out. They're actually from the Lord, and I think that was actually one of those. It was a good lesson for us. So all that was a prelude to the scripture. Um, and I, I read this because it was a sort of a jarring thing to me as I read this passage. Uh, it's 1 Corinthians uh, 4, 5. Relates totally to what I've just been sharing with you. And this is in the Passion Translation. I'm reading this to you in that because this was the version that spoke to me this way. But as I went back and checked it in other versions, translations, the, the part that I'm going to point out to you was always there. And I don't know how many times I've read this passage, many times. And this just never, I don't know, I didn't understand what was being said. I'm just beginning to understand it. So, here's the scripture. So resist the temptation to pronounce premature judgment on anything before the appointed time, when all will fully be revealed. Instead, wait until the Lord makes his appearance, for he will bring all that is hidden in darkness to light and unveil every secret motive of everyone's heart. Then... When the whole truth is known, each will receive praise from God. Now, I have personally been praying this whole, Lord, reveal what's in darkness. <laughs> Bring it to light. Show the truth. Reveal these things. I've been praying that a lot. And this is what that, the verse that this, that's based on. And then I notice that it says, He'll unveil every secret motive of everyone's heart. And then this is the part that just jumped at me. I said, what? When the whole truth is known, each will receive praise from God. So it's not just that the evil things of darkness are going to be revealed, and they are. But there's also things that are hidden inside of us that are good things that are going to be revealed that we don't necessarily see or maybe other people don't see 
But it says when he comes, the whole truth is known. And each will receive praise from God. So my encouragement to you is that we just continue to seek the Lord to understand those things that he's trying to grow in us. Our secret motives that are pure, that are wonderful sacrifices before him will ultimately be revealed. He already knows us. It's no surprise to him, right? But I guess the other thing I would say is that those good purposes and so forth, we don't see in everybody else. We are not God. And so this whole goes back to the whole judgment thing, that we just need to be sure that we're very careful not to be judgmental and to be used of the enemy to pull down things that are of God. And we allow him to bring those things to the light at the full fullness of time in his timing and let him do that work and reveal those things both the things that are bad and those good things that he's planted deep down inside of us so be encouraged yeah, yeah that was strong like on so many different levels uh <laughs> thank you tim um i want to just sit with that for a while i wish we could just be like all right let's rest in this word uh i do think that was an encouragement obviously i'm an istj also uh i don't think i go as far as you do but uh only by your description not by comparison uh, but yeah i have found myself in many situations casting judgment on lord is this really you is this and he does. He slaps me around a lot and be like, who are you? So thank you for sharing that. And also just uh, as an encouragement to us, like, God, we can do that in this house. If you're innocent, uh, bless you. But we can come in this house and critique. Critique how somebody prays. Critique how we play. Critique how we speak. Uh, and... This is a good reminder, I think, first of all, to just have a love for one another and uh, an embrace of who God is in one another. Um, have you ever been around people that you just can't get them to say anything negative about other people? Uh, I envy those people. That's, like, that's an aspiration of mine. Is maybe, you know, maybe we'll work on the heart, you know, what's going on. But if I can just shut my mouth sometimes and not uh, discuss the negative that I might encounter in people. Uh, so that's a great word for us just to come in and, and believe in, in what God's doing, even if it may not tickle our fancy. Um, but then the other, that last part, I've never noticed that in that verse either. Uh, I'm just like you, bringing things to light. It's always the negative side. It's like, ooh, what if we started praying, God, bring to light the beauty that's in each one of us, the good things that are there. So, the point, so we get to the point where our hearts aren't considering what, what irritates us about one another, but our hearts instead are like, ooh, 
I love who you are in them. That's really cool, Jesus. So thank you, Tim, for sharing and for reading that scripture. That was powerful. Uh, and just really appreciate the blessing that that is for this house. Uh, guys, this is, this, we've opened it up. So, you know, Bob, come on. No, well, we are. Now you're fine. Um, God, uh, when we first started worshiping, God brought back to me just a very sweet, sweet memory. And uh, I just need to describe it a little to you. My, my father, my family has moved with my father to take a job with beneficial finance in Eastern Tennessee. And uh, uh, he got saved at a Baptist church there. And so, for some reason, uh, he was connected with an older couple that had a mission in downtown. I don't know if it was, I was so young, I can't remember what town it was. We may have moved, went to Knoxville because it was big enough to have a, you know those lit up crosses that maybe said Jesus saves under it outside of a storefront? That's what this was. And so this is a story of extreme obedience and faithfulness. Uh, this couple preached, this guy preached whether there was just his wife there or anybody. You know, he had it open. It was weeknights, and I don't know if it was every weeknight. I think we went on Wednesdays, and I don't remember. But I remember just our family of four and that couple at times. And my father would get his first opportunities to preach at that time, and he was called to the ministry and ended up in seminary, and that's how we had the Wilmore connections. But, um, I think uh, it relates to what Tim was talking about. It doesn't matter how big the congregation is or the, how flashy or fancy it is or non-flashy or fancy. Um, it's all about uh, being obedient and faithful. And I was really young, but that impacted me that that man and his wife did that faithfully for years. And, you know, we don't know who's in the kingdom because of that. And, uh, I know it impacted me in the heart and so, um, and I think he was just open for the, the, the addict walking by and hearing something, going in, you know, and that was his ministry, and I'm sure there are stories that he has to tell about salvation, but I, I, I was young, I didn't hear them, and I don't know, but uh, anyway, it's pretty encouraging to me, just, it doesn't, Sometimes we're just called to do the menial things over and over. And if we're faithful and obedient, he'll bring fruit for that. So anyway, something else that God has had on my heart for weeks, and I haven't had an opportunity to share, and I just feel like somebody needs to hear this, and it's totally different. Um, I feel I'm supposed to share just real briefly about the spirit of perfection. Um, and the only way I can explain it uh, is like the spirit of poverty. And if you don't know what that is, um, the spirit of poverty is 
parents and my wife's parents who grew up hearing about the Depression. And because of that, there was never enough. Even though there was enough, they never felt like there was enough. So they had this spirit of poverty, even though they weren't poor. Uh, the spirit of perfection is like that. And uh, to me, I think uh, you, you grow up here, oh, we should have done this, we could have done that, we could, the should, could have, would have, all the time makes you feel like you were never good enough, even though it wasn't necessarily you. Uh, and so you, you feel like you're never measuring up, even though you might be way better than 90% of the people. I remember my student teaching in fifth grade, uh, there was a girl who I had to take out in the hall as a student teacher constantly because she didn't get a 100, she got a 99 or something. She was just never felt like she was measuring up. And I don't know what her family was like and why she had that, but anyway, um, the spirit of perfection can cause physical sickness. You know, it, it has some real deep ramifications because what we need to tell ourselves and remind ourselves is like, uh, it makes me think of uh, when Jesus was being baptized by John and the dove came down in the spirit, the, they heard the Lord say, this is my beloved son, whom I am not pleased. Well, that was before he'd done anything. You know, he hadn't done miracles and all that stuff. That's, uh, that's what we need to be reminded of. We are his beloved children, and he's pleased with us. We don't have to do everything perfect. So, I don't want somebody to give up. I needed to hear that. <laughs> In truth, I'm not being glib here. Uh, that's, I, I, this isn't about me tonight, but I've got the mic, so somebody else can come up after and confess all their stuff, too. Uh, but no, I really was talking to someone, a, a, um, one of the professors at the seminary two weeks ago, and just telling him things that I wrestle with, things that are challenging for me right now. And uh, he said, he said, you're a perfectionist. I said, I'm not a perfectionist. You can look at my grades. You can look at the work I'm turning in. It's not perfect by any means. He said, no, 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 no. That's not the perfectionism I'm talking about. He said, you have expectations and feel like you never can reach them. And it beats you up. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, that's true. I, I do. And he, he said, that's, well, and he, you know, in his loving yet hard way, said, that's idolatry. You think you have to exceed Jesus' love for you before you'll be worthy. Uh, and, and I've sat with that, and I really have sat with Jesus on that. But that's, I think, I will claim he put that on your heart for me. And, uh, and so, you know, thank you for sharing that, for being faithful in that, Bob. Uh, that other story was great, too, because it is, it just... Lord spoke to me before about small things, small things. And what fools those, that husband and wife probably were considered by people. And I, I think back to my Uncle Charlie who said, you know, all the headaches of, of holding this annual retreat. And he's like, but if one person gets saved, 
it's all worth it. We don't, we, we don't. I mean, I'm just going to tell you, we don't have that mentality most of the time. And your story just nails it. These people said, oh, we're going to do it. And who knows what person, what individual here and there, but they minister to you and your family and change the whole course of y'all's direction. We have no idea what we're doing half the time. But if we live in faith and obedience, God might be doing something 40 years down the road. What a beautiful thing. Okay. Who else? Who else wants to tell me what I need to confess of tonight? This is fun. <laughs> and we want to open it up too if you've got, I mean, if, if you're struggling, if, some, if you just want prayer, if something, it could be something revelatory, but it could be, it's just, just where I am type stuff. Uh, so, who's got something pressing on their heart? Because I don't mind waiting on the Lord. Yes, I'm not in a hurry. That's right. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Anybody got anything they want to share? You know, I'll tell you, um, I, I was talking, Davey preached this morning at the men's formation, and I was asking about it tonight, and he said all it takes is one person to catch what I was saying for the Lord to move. Are we willing to scatter seed so that one person may catch it? Uh, John Mark McMillan has a song called The Road, The Rocks, and The Weeds. I don't know if y'all know John Martin Millen, but I really like his stuff. And uh, the psalm basically just talks about how uh, we scatter our seed over all the soils. All we talk about is the good soil. But we don't pay attention to the fact that the farmer was scattering seed everywhere. And it just has, it really, that song has really spoken to me about how we're called to go everywhere. Everywhere we go, we're scattering seed, and it's not always going to land on good soil, but it's not really up to us, going back to the judging thing, it's not really up to us to try to determine, is this the optimal place for me to put my one seed? But instead, God's given us whole packets of seeds, and he's just saying, throw it out there. Throw it out there, because that's what I do. I'm just scattering my seed. Uh, so, I can keep going, guys. I got stuff. Yes, there you go. Some of it's falling on good soil. <laughs> can you come? Well, yeah. I really wish I'd gotten involved. Um, this morning, I, I got asked to speak at men's formation, which is something I love is to come alongside men and women, but really 
just to pour my heart out, which was to pour his heart. In the midst, like this morning and then like last night, I was just thinking about just like the Lord's faithfulness. It's like even when we disown him and even when we act in disobedience, he's, he's faithful. He can't change that. That's who he is. Yesterday was, um, was 16 years of marriage for Robin and I. And we've been married 16 plus 8. You do the math. My accountant. <laughs> um, it, the crucible of marriage can be intense at times. Especially when you've got two broken people who are not walking with the Lord. And then the Lord surfacing things, you know, deep-seated, rooted things. And I, I, I just, I remember confessing things to Robin, you know, when we were living in a wilderness, living in the wilderness, and watching her break before me because she had realized how much she had put me up on a pedestal where Jesus was supposed to be. But out of all that pain and that suffering that we went through and the healing that we went through together, it's brought life. And um, I would say that today we're closer than we've ever been. Um, We work together. Um, I think we will always work together. But I've just seen his his grace and his mercy at work. And I've even seen marriages being rekindled and reunited because we've actually told our story. And um, I'm just, I'm thankful for my wife, Robin, and I'm thankful for the fruit of that marriage, which has been Emma. Um, we were joking the other night, it was actually that, that night, <laughs> talking about like, you know, when me and Robin, because there was times when we broke up, you know, you go through these obstacles, these bumps, you know, and we'd, we'd break up and we'd try to date somebody. We'd try, I just, I couldn't leave. Like, I, I just kept coming back to Robin. And I'm so thankful because we have Emma. And yeah, our lives were destined together because their lives were destined together because my parents' lives were destined together. On and on and on and on and on and on. But I feel like the Lord, like he knitted us to become one, to leave each other's, our father's households and to become one just that we can produce, you know, Emma and the giftings and that she has. So I just I wanted to share his faithfulness. Um, and I feel like right now, it just had our 16th year, and I was, I was reminded of that when Emma, like, decorated our room last night, and she put this, you know, this sign on the door, happy 16th anniversary. I feel like right now, like, the Lord's, like, giving us the keys to drive out together. And we're coming into what it really means to be happily married to be happily enjoined and joined in the fellowship of God. That's good. It's a praise report. Who else, guys? I'm not calling anybody's names tonight. I'm not going to do that to y'all. I will tell you about my bonsai trees. <laughs> last year, yeah, well, last year I turned 40, and they asked me, you know, what did I want for my birthday? 
And I didn't know what I wanted for my birthday. I don't ever know what I want for my birthday. I, I know what I need, but it's not fun. So I don't know. I don't want anything. And, uh, but I thought, you know, I want to do something creative. I want to do something that actually requires me to use my hands. Uh, when you live in books and all you do is write papers, it gets old after a while. And you're like, I just want to do something with my hands. Uh, so I got a, uh, a model airplane, which I've never built before in my life, uh, and still haven't built that one, uh, and some bonsai trees that I'm supposed to tend to. And uh, so, you know, it was fun. It was, a, it was a nice little birthday party, nice little gifts. And we got home, and life immediately does what life does. It continues. And so we ended up just never opening my presents, and they got put on a top shelf. And... Um, and so, anyway, we're, we're slowly starting to clean out our unit. I mean, slowly as in, like, a month ago, we cleaned off the top shelf of our closet. And I'm like, oh, there's my birthday presents from last year. And a uh, model airplane still unopened. Um, and the bonsai trees. And I was like, huh, I wonder if, I mean, because they came in a box. It's a whole set. And uh, I was like, I wonder if I could do this. And I look at the package, and it says, you know, expires April of 2021. I'm like, expires? It's a seed. And, uh, but I'm like, well, I guess, you know, these things don't last forever. And, uh, but I was like, oh, but who cares? Let's try it anyway. And uh, so I set these, I'd, so I go through, like, this process. They give you a whole booklet and everything. I go through this whole process of getting these seeds planted, and I'm like, these things are never going to make it. I mean, they expired over a, almost a year ago. They're, they're, they've got to be just dead in the water. And, uh, but two of them, because uh, i got four, two of them have actually started sprouting. And maybe you plant people know that would happen. Not, this plant person is not a plant person, so I had no idea. But, yeah, I've got, like, two little pots of bonsai trees. And it's just it's the joy of thinking that something is dead and watching it come to life. And I just, it's a small, small, small little analogy of the, I just imagine the joy in the father's heart when he sees his dead kids come to life. So maybe tonight's a lot about seeds and, and planting small stuff. It's about us having the heart to recognize the spirit and the life of Christ in things that we aren't necessarily believing the spirit and life of Christ are in. But he's doing a work in you guys. And he's doing a work in me. And he's worth rejoicing for that. Faithfulness that springs forth, not just fruit. Not even just a gift, but power on the earth. Faithfulness that changes the trajectory of a whole family. Being present where our natural eyes can't see. Knowing that there is purity and goodness that He's working in us. And knowing that you get to go out there and, and encounter seeds that foolish minds would deem dead. But the Spirit of Christ says, I've got life there. Will you nurture this for me? I'm going to close reading Psalm 100 again. Uh, and then I'm going to let Davey, uh, if you've got words to share, that's great. But otherwise, you, do, you close however you want to. But I'm wrapping up this segment. Uh, 
with Psalm 100, and then I'm going to turn it over to Davy. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness is to all generations. How Phineas just came in the room is a lot of times how I come to the Father. Father, I just thank you for this people. I'm thankful that you are honored in these people, Lord, that you call these people your very own. And Lord, I just, I just want to come into your heart, Lord, and I want to bless every single church here in the city of Wilmore. I want to bless the leadership. I want to bless the people that attend those churches, Lord. And I want to bless the people that you are calling forth that have never stepped into a church, Lord. You're calling them forth into your heart. Lord, I I pray that same prayer over the churches of Nicholasville, Lord. I bless the pastors and the leadership. I, I, I even bless the janitors and those who work the grounds, Lord. May we be known by your people because we call on your name because we've been called by your name, Lord. Lord, I'm thankful that you meet us in the mundane things of life, Lord. And you call us to do mundane things, Lord. And I ask that you would open our eyes, Lord. You would open our ears. That we would see that it's you at work, Lord. We would hear that you are speaking over creation. You are speaking into lives, Lord. And may we be not so caught up in our own schedules, Lord, and our own agendas of completing the tasks that we have at hand, Lord, that we be open and free of listening for you, for your voice, to reach out to somebody, to help somebody, to speak one word, Lord. One word can change a life. One word can change the trajectory of a person that's just going to eternal darkness or stepping into light, Lord. Father, I ask that you would expose every evil thought and motive, Lord, that is in our hearts that we have so agreed with and that we have hidden in our heart, Lord. We ask for your light to shine upon that. You would expose all deeds of darkness, Lord, so that we, be, we can become children of light, so that we can go out as your salt and as your light and we could comfort those who are hurting, Lord. Lord, I just ask that you would even just pull the goodness of who you are in us out of us, Lord. May it be visible, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes to, to look even in this, in this congregation and say, I see, I see him working in you in this way. And I just, 
I just want to fan that into a flame. I want to breathe his life into that and call that forward, Lord. There's giftings here, Lord, that haven't even, that haven't even been found, Lord. Just like Matthew said, that his gifts were up on the top shelf. There are top shelf gifts, Lord, that you have for us that we have never even opened up, that we've even forgotten about, Lord. And I just ask that you would open up our eyes, Lord, that we just stretch out our hands, Lord, and that you would unwrap us as your gift to the earth, Lord. That you would bring the goodness out that you've instilled in us, Lord. So that people can see that you are the giver of the gift. Lord, I bless every person's mind in this room, Lord. And I bless that there be a connection with your word and, and their heart, Lord. I bless that it wouldn't just stay within them, Lord. But just as Rachel said, even the things that you've spoken to our children, Lord, that they would come out, Lord, that you'd be made known, Lord, that even our children, Lord, there's no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. They have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is at work, Lord. May we be open to the, to the voice of God, Lord, as you speak through the priesthood of believers, Lord. I ask that you would pour your spirit out. I ask that you would beat the drums of our hearts, Lord. And I ask that you would surprise us and you would come and you would come suddenly to our home, Lord. That your face would shine upon us. That we would look into your eyes and to see the love that you have for us. That we would see the smile that we put on your face, Lord. It's because we've come into contact with a God who longs to be intimate with us. I bless you, Jesus. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.